Welcome back to another episode of the Home Care and Assisted Living Business Business Series Podcast, and I'm your host, Alan Cheney. Today, we're going to discuss um, home care staff structure and um, the best way that, you know, what I've found, you know, best for me and what I've been doing for, for, for the last seven or eight years, how I've been structuring um, my staff, my office staff. Um, well, just my staff in general, because I'm going to include the caregivers as well who aren't in the office and then um, some virtual assistants, too. I'm going to talk about some virtual assistants. So I'm talking about people who are in the office, people who support the office and obviously the caregivers and um, how we structure all of that stuff. So um, <clears throat> not going to waste anybody's time. We're going to get right into it. The first position that I feel like is very important um, and I feel like that um, if you can't afford to hire this position out. You, you, you're going to be, this is the first position you're going to play anyway. And that's the office manager and the, what the office manager is usually doing. And if I'm hiring out, I'm looking for at least five years experience. I'm starting to pay off at like uh, $13 an hour and more, you know, and up and um, depending on their experience um, and plus some profit sharing. And I'm going to explain profit sharing here real quickly. What we do, what I've began to do is like, um, give specific people and it's only my community liaisons to get like extra and um like consistent extra uh bonuses and commissions and profit sharing admins caregivers and stuff like that they can get bonuses here and there but the people who are basically on the front line with clients and bringing in leads are the uh, community liaison and uh the office manager these are the people who are like um charged with client satisfaction um client support keeping them happy, making sure they're, you know, bringing in more, more clients, um, referrals and stuff like that. So I really want to keep them happy and they're on top of it and they, and they are both really taking care of like the day-to-day operation without them. We couldn't, we couldn't work. And like I said, the office manager position is something that, you know, um, you should be doing if you don't, if you're not starting off with a nice amount of funds where you can hire immediately, um, you don't really have any clients to start out, you know, you should be doing some of this, uh, some of these tasks and the office manager basically does like, these are the top tasks. These aren't the only tasks that they're doing in the office, obviously, because everybody's doing a little bit of everything at certain points, but, um, billing, scheduling, client support and satisfaction and, um, the final hiring decisions. Those are some of the things that I, I charge my office manager with doing. That's their responsibilities. And getting back to like the, the the experience, five years experience is what I what, what I would like to see if I'm hiring a new office manager. Um, Thirteen dollars an hour we're starting. I mean, and it can go up from there depending on their experience. But then I also like to do profit sharing, where depending on how many clients we have. So if we have uh, if they're if they're supporting ten clients, they're going to get. per client every paycheck. If that's the amount of clients that they're serving, that's the amount of clients that they're working with, um, on a, on a, on a month, on a weekly basis. So every pay period, they're going to get those extra 20 bucks on each, um, from each one of those clients that they're servicing. So, um, the more clients that they have, the more clients that we have, the more their profit sharing goes up. And um, this is kind of like incentivizing them to obviously get more clients or, or help us keep the clients that we have. Because when we lose a client, they're obviously their profits going to go down. And this is a great um, strategy for keeping a great 
office manager for keeping a, a office manager keeping them excited and motivated and it's you know people feel much more connected to um the success when they when they taking part of it and i know 20 bucks may not seem like much but you know if it's 10 if it's 10 clients that they're getting an extra 20 bucks on every pay period on top of their 13 hours an hour minimum that's not so bad and um and and most of that why i feel it why i feel that that's something that i wanted to do with them was because again the client support that i demand from them so when clients have any issues the office manager is the one that's going to be you know responsible for you know handling it, handling those issues um making sure those clients are getting the, the caregivers um that they need and they want that they like making sure that they're satisfied at all times like like following up with them um, and just kind of really being on top of like client support and satisfaction. Um, and also what they also can do is, you know, build relationships to where they're getting in more, more leads as far as like referrals from, from the clients. That's not a big part of what they're doing, but they can also, you know, through relationship building, they can also do that as well. And also another thing that I, I really want my office manager to be good at is the final hiring decision. So, uh, I'm gonna get into the uh, the, administ- the 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 administrative assistant next. Her the support for the office manager, but I always who does a lot of the um, initial applications and intake documents for the for the new client, the new caregivers. But the um, <clears throat> the final decision is something that I also want the uh, office manager to take care of, and you know, just dealing with some of the caregiver issues that do arise when we do. Um, you know, once they're on board. So the, so the main thing that they're really, you know, doing that, that I'm really on them about is client support satisfaction. And, you know, and that's like maintain, like getting, getting the final decision making when it comes to hiring good caregivers. So that's the office manager. Next is the uh, administrative assistant. This is just the support for the office manager and just to support the office in general, anybody else who's, who needs them around and just little tasks that they can do i expect them to have i want to have at least two years of experience and we can start them out between ten dollars ten fifty eleven dollars an hour and we try to give them at least a uh two twenty hours a week so like a part-time position depending on what's the what's the need and you know how many clients we have and what's the workload and stuff like that but we always try to give um no matter what the, the office manager or the the admin, anybody, at least 20 hours worth of work every week. Cause I don't expect anybody to work less than 20 hours, like a part-time job, anything less than a part-time job. So, <laughs> um, what the income, what the, um, admin, the admin, the, the administrative assistant kind of does during the day income, income and outbound calls like service, service inquiries, follow-up calls and stuff like that. So people who, you know, just calling in the office based on like some of the marketing and things like that, they're just asking for general information. You know, you get a lot of calls if you start running ads and, you know, you got signs and you got um, different things in the community. People see your information and, you know, um, just general inquiries. They're taking them incoming calls. They're getting the, the clients are calling, the, the caregivers are calling. So these are they're, they're they're that's something that the administrative assistant is taking care of. So she's basically just sitting there answering the phone. And then when she's not doing that, she's making follow-up calls and stuff like that for clients that we already or leads that we already have or caregivers scheduling like um a, a, a 
the uh, the interviews and stuff like that for appointments for the caregivers can come in and interview and things of that nature as well. Also, they're handling like work emails, like incoming emails, just like general emails just coming in from different different sources. Same stuff, same people, but just email application intake. Like so, <clears throat> you want to have a great system in place when you start hiring. And obviously, everybody knows in home care that there's a lot of turnover. So you always want to be hiring. You always want to be getting in new caregivers and getting building your database of caregivers. So what are you doing? You got to have somebody on the front line in the office getting those files and folders put together. And that's something that the administrative assistant is going to do. They're not hiring anybody, but they're getting them in the system, making sure they got all their documents. Um, the ones we like, then we, you know, um, take them to the next step as far as doing background checks and all that, but, you know, just the initial intake, once we get their information, um, we can look at their experience, their, you know, their, their, uh, references and all that stuff, make sure they got everything they need for as far as their documentation. And then they, you know, also scheduling the interviews, the group interviews and the individual interviews, because we do two separate interviews, the group interviews first, based on the group interview, then we'll call you back if we like your information and do a, a one-on-one interview. And that's where the hiring manager that makes the final decision. <clears throat> and then another uh, task is just managing support. The manager, uh, you know, like I said, the administrative assistant, she's also just there to support and just do whatever the manager needs to be done that she hasn't got around to. Or she just can kind of like throw on her. And then also um, the admin, the admin can also um, focus on like file management again, like leads, clients, applications, and caregivers. So like leads have, so you got, Four people, four sets of files that you're really going to start accumulating. You're going to have people, the leads, people who call in, they're inquiring, um, but that's a particular file. Then they either they convert them to clients or they stay leads and you keep following up with them. And then that's a, once they're clients, that's a particular file, obviously. Then you got the applicants. Those are the people who are inquiring about work. And then you got the caregivers. And all of these are files and they need to be managed. They need to be separated and um put into you know digital form if the, if you got a uh we like to keep a digital version and a hard copy of all our applications all our files so file management and this is another task that the at the admin is um uh responsible for so <clears throat> those are the first two positions the admin and the um office manager the third position and this isn't like in any order based on importance this is just the way I wrote it up for the podcast so don't like, oh, I need to do this first now. This isn't set up like that. It's just me, how I just wrote it out, the way I was thinking about it and taking the notes when I was writing it up. So um, the next person is the community liaison, which I like to be like a nurse, and usually an LPN. It's hard to get an RN. It's hard to afford our RN to do the uh, community liaison work. And the same thing, try to do 20 to 25 hours, um, but we pay them a little differently. So we giving them at least, you know, 17 17 dollars an hour starting based on their experience and their experience has to be geriatric so um not necessarily community liaison because a lot of times they never done that before it's like a position that a lot of people don't haven't done before so i don't expect them to do it but i do want them to have like a strong background in geriatrics even if they were lpn if they were like a caregiver before they got their lpn you know i can count that towards their um experience so we'll start them out at least 17 also pay mileage and also pay commission per client. So why do I pay them 
so much more than anybody else because they're the ones in the field bringing in clients the most. They're doing the most for my company. They're the they're on the front line. They're the they're the ones keeping keeping us um, above ground. So you don't want to really um, you know you don't want to play with your community liaison. You don't want to short them. You don't want to make them feel like they're not valued. And I know a lot of people say there's a lot of different ways, but you know, to show that they're valued, but people need money and people, when they get degrees and things like that, and they get experience, they expect to be compensated. And I know $17 an hour isn't much for a nurse, especially in this market, but we do pay mileage as well. And then um, we pay commission, which is two two fifty per client. And what are they responsible for? Uh, meaningful relationship development, the whole program. <laughs> um, they have their own set of program, their own list. Um, and we'll talk about how the list get built later on, but they get their own list. They, they're part of their, they're, they're responsible of developing those relationships, going into these different facilities, um, pushing our brand, pushing our, um, our story, our narrative into the, into the community and, and bringing us clients, you know, and de- developing referral sources and relationships with these different, um, organizations in, in the community, in our market. So they're very important. Um, they're also, we also, um, they're also responsible for specialty programs like Alzheimer's program or diabetic programs or whatever programs that we have specialty, uh, Parkinson's programs, we get them trained up. Um, and then they can also add a specific program to their, um, kit when they go into the, the different facilities and pitch our services or, you know, start to, you know, sit down with these different, um, referral sources like, uh, social workers and, um, discharge nurses and things like that. <coughs> So specialty programs, and then also they do the in-home consultations. So once, so like <clears throat> if we're getting like private clients and they just want to, you know, it's, a, it's not from a facility or anything like that. And they, and, it, and, and they have to go to do like an in-home consultation. They can go there and do that as well. And they still get the same um, commission if they get a signed contract. So every, every signed contract that they get and we start to service that, uh, that client, they get their commission. Once they bring them into the company, they get their commission. And I don't give them two fifty every time. As soon as they walk in, we we break it up over a couple um, invoices. So I'm not just filling it on the first one. So I might, you know, it's like one twenty five, one twenty five, or you know, based on a couple weeks, we can break it down. Either you know, it just depends. So like, so like if they're getting a lot of hours, if the families are starting off with a smaller invoice, then I'll break it down a little smaller, like half and half, like four into four payments to the to the community liaison, if they're getting like a lot of hours in the upfront, like they're getting 40 hours, because a lot of families start out with like 20 hours. You'll start to see that. That's our minimum. Like they'll start to, you know, they'll usually start out with 20, then they'll bump it up and then they'll, you know, eventually go full time if they need it or if they do live in stuff like that. So we just break it down based on the invoice. I don't never pay the full commission on the first invoice. Um, and they understand that and all this is explained up front. So that's what the community liaison does. If you're not familiar with the the meaningful relationship development aspect of what we do, that's a, a program that I personally created for my company, and I've been sharing with you guys for the last few years since I've developed it. And then, um, the next staff member <clears throat> in this particular staff structure um, that I found out uh, about a, about a year, about two years ago, that we could use <laughs> is uh, paid or unpaid interns, and this is just for more office support more um people in the field on the ground doing different things for your company 
So you can, you know, get, go to the local community colleges and um, post flyers and figure first you got to figure out what's the what's the protocol to, you know, get interns into your company. And um, but I also found it pretty easy to just post some ads on Indeed, you know, for some interns. And what I was putting was um, first 90 days unpaid, you know, and if you and if you. uh if you do good, you know, then we'll, we'll get you on. And if they do good, we're gonna, obviously we're going to keep them. But if not, it's not going to work. If it's not a good fit, you know, they had the experience. You know, they got to work with a small company, a small upstart, um, home care service. And they got some experience because they're going to see you doing some stuff. You, 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 And you just have to create um, different things for them to do. Like I said, they could be helping around as far as just helping the office manager, helping the admin, placing literature racks, doing flyers going to like replace replenish and replace um your your literature racks and helping the community liaison they can just be doing a lot of different things uh developing helping with your social media a lot of them are going to be like in college obviously because they're interns so they're really savvy with the um social media so they could be doing like internet stuff um social media um instagram developing ads just running you know organic stuff creating articles and all kind of different things that you can come up with them for for them to do. And I said at least a minimum of 20 hours. And I mean, it don't it didn't have to be that and it, it doesn't have to be a set amount of hours, but um especially if they're unpaid, but if you can just get them in there to come out and help and do different pr- projects and stuff like that. And if they're good, keep them. If not, you know, they move on. <coughs> um and it's a, it's your decision to do paid or unpaid or, you know, a a a mixture of the two. And that's just another thing that I became aware of. And I just wanted to share with you guys. Virtual assistant. So I have a legion of virtual assistants that I've, uh, you know, put together over the last. I've been working with virtual assistants for probably 10 years, you know, and I've been some of them I've been working with the entire time and I've acquired new ones and let go of some. But I have quite a few virtual assistants. So what do virtual assistants do there? Most of them are in Asia. So they're either in India or uh, the Philippines. Um, it's, it's maybe like one or two are in Europe for English speaking, um, like great English speaking people. Um, and they can do a, 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 an array of things. So um, what do my virtual assistants do? They can put together email newsletters. They can do follow up calls. They can um, put together paper emails. They can create content like articles, blog posts. Um, they could do search engine optimization, um, digital marketing, create videos, uh, list building, monitor, uh, you know, and create uh, ad campaigns. And the list goes on and on. Like, I don't even have a I don't even want to sit here and try to explain to you all the things that a virtual assistant can do. But you can go to freelancer dot com or uh, Fiverr dot com. Fiverr dot com. And you could you'll start to see, like, OK, all the different things that you can hire. Um, a virtual assistant to come into your business and start to do and help you um, move your uh, company along. And you'll be surprised how much stuff you can get done from a virtual assistant with, you know, um, little money. So the, 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 the reason why we choose India or um, because the, or, or the Philippines or, you know, the European nations aren't so cheap, but, um, there are some in like Czech Republic and stuff like that who still speak good English and, and still have, you still get good rates. But, um, <clears throat> the, 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 uh, exchange rate, that's the thing. Like you can pay them, you know, uh, 
for a project that it would cost you someone in America to pay maybe 200 bucks. It might only cost you 30 bucks, you know, and, and it, the quality is going to be just the same. And that's the difference. And when you're a small company, you get started, you need you need these, you know, these these projects done at a cheaper rate so you can, you know, uh, compete in the marketplace and, and still afford it. So um, looking to getting a virtual assistant. See, these are some of the things that they can do for you. These are just a few of the things that they could do. But um, so the when I say the pay, like I was saying, every hour, it's usually per project. So, uh, but they do have hourly rates and the, the hourly rates can start at like $5 an hour, like really like $5 an hour and then go all the way up to whatever, depending on the project and how long you, you know, you're going to work with them. But you, some projects that you can get done for five, six hours an hour, um, a newsletter, I can, I can get a, a newsletter, like a monthly newsletter, like every month for like 12 months. If I say 12 months, they're going to charge me probably like a hundred, a hundred 150 bucks but now i have a whole <laughs> newsletter i can send out for the whole year to my um to everybody in my uh on my mailing list all my meaningful relationship development list all the caregivers and the family members everybody in my organizations can get that same thing and we can put it in print or paper and um and i got that for 50 150 bucks and um it's going to last for a year and it's going to have all my marketing on there. I mean, all my information in there. And it's going to have all, the, you know, the content that I, you know, that I gave them or they found for me that's, that's in relation to my company. That, you know, because they're going to look at your website. They're going to look at the different things like that. And they're going to come up with the content, put your logo on it, put your contact information. And it's going to be your thing. So <clears throat> it's just a lot of stuff they could do. They could, you know, manage your social media. Nobody wants to be posting all the time on their um you know, nobody wants to spend all their time on Facebook trying to, you know, follow up with different people or post different articles and, you know, different things on LinkedIn and YouTube. Like, they can do all that stuff. Virtual assistants are amazing. So, that's that. Um, the next the next important person, the next staff member that I uh that are that that I would recommend, you know, you developing or adding to your to your to your program or to your structure is uh a lead caregiver. So what's a lead caregiver? A lead caregiver is the one who shines, the one who's been there. Um obviously you're just getting started, you don't have one yet, but um the one who sticks around, the one who and it's not gonna be one. Eventually you're gonna have multiple ones. But it's always, you know, you you can see who's in it to who believes in your mission, believes in what your guys are doing, um are 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 uh enthusiastic. Um the the families love them if they, you know, when they're working and they and they just get it done and they're always available. They're never late. And you want to get these get these caregivers a little bit more. You want to let them know that you appreciate them. How do you do that? Obviously, you want to pay them a little more, you know, than the normal. Um, you could do a, a smaller, a smaller profit sharing program just for the care, the clients that they work. Um, <clears throat> you can um, make sure they're getting more training. So I like to make sure that my lead caregiver is, is, is trained all the way up. So she'll get the, I wouldn't mind putting her in a assisted living manager's position or, you know, giving her the training, which is a training in, in Maryland is 80 hour training and it's about 1200 bucks. So the lead caregiver gets that, you know, with no free of charge, but you know, she got to obviously go take the training, but we'll pay for it for her. She can do that. So she can not only, you know, um, help us at the, at the different assisted livings, but also, you know, she can just add value to who she is. I mean, because if you're just a caregiver, 
I ain't gonna say just a caregiver. If you only had a caregiver certification, it's only so much you can make. But when you get that, when you add that um, assistant living manager's position and all these other, I mean, uh, certificate and all these other little certifications, she's more valuable and she's more valuable to the market and she has more value in herself because she knows she could do more and she feels more confident. So um, <clears throat> what are some of the tasks that the lead caregiver has? They can lead uh, assistant living manager, they can, you know, they 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 have the um, caregiver mentorship program that we like to do. I've, I've spoke about it uh, quite a few times, I think, over the years is where um, when the new caregivers come on, I want to team them up with it with the lead caregiver. And that's your mentor. So for the first couple couple months while you on probation, whether it's a 60 or 90 day probation, depending on your experience and your background, the, the lead caregiver. It's your mentor. You got to check in with her every week. And, you know, if you have any problems, that's who you're going to be contacting. She's going to be checking in on you. She's going to be popping in on you. She's going to be, you know, talking to the clients and things, seeing how things are going and um, and making sure you're 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 that the new caregivers are holding that standard that we have already created in our in our agency. So that's the part of that's the caregiver mentorship and then you know they just start to develop a bond and they can become very helpful and then the the lead caregiver can let you know like hey look i don't really feel like she can get input she can't you know you're not gonna give her the the fire uh give her no um power to fire nobody or nothing like that but they can definitely you can definitely take her input like look you know this person isn't you know as, as as motivated or as you know as um professional that we need her to be you know she's not being on time like we can you know we can see that but you know it's, it could be different things that she could see she's not cleaning up she's not going above and beyond for the client the client is just like okay they're like you know all right with her but they're not excited about her and these are things that you, you can't necessarily see because you're not in the house you can't be in every house with every caregiver all the time but if your client, if you have a caregiver mentor program, and you have a, a few lead caregivers who are kind of like paying attention to this stuff. They can come back with this information and this ties back to um, client satisfaction. The clients to see this like, OK, this is they they have someone making sure these girls are or these caregivers are on their job on point and doing what they're supposed to do. So um, a lead caregiver, caregiver can have the um, they, they, they manage the the mentorship program they could do random house checks they also can do the um they also are charged with having to come up with a appreci- appreciation monthly um or uh, we try to do them every month but it's kind of hard because everybody's scheduled but um every other month caregiver appreciation programs whether it's going to be dinners or whatever other things they can come up with like i let the caregivers figure that out it's like what do y'all want because i can't tell y'all what y'all want so you tell me what you think is best for everybody and if we can make sense of it then that's how we'll that's the program we'll put together if it's a dinner or bowling or you know maybe somebody just wants some gift cards or some gas or something you know whatever it is for those months we'll figure it out um in different um incentive programs as well so that's what the lead caregiver can do and those are some of the things that um you can think about when you add, you know, when you when you putting putting together your staff structure. Don't feel like your caregiver can only be one thing, say, and and, and can only perform one task because people are dynamic. People have brains, you know what I'm saying? They can do different things, and you know they can think about different things and help you out and bring more value to the table. Allow people to bring more value. Give them the opportunity to bring more value and be open open to what they 
are thinking about and some of the things that they, they might want to do or, you know, have input on and just listen. And you'll, you'll be surprised what type of feedback you get and how much they respect you because they you, you're listening to what they their needs and you're also implementing their needs or allowing them to, um, you know, get their needs, get their needs met. And the final um, person, this is just for me, I have a sign installer. So who puts out our signs? And stuff like that. So um, he just creates routes and puts out bandit signs. And that's like the, the last person. We pay them like a dollar a sign. And um, an extra 20 bucks. Um, and he's on the he's on the sign um, detail. He goes out every Friday. And um, whatever county we're working on. We try to put out, you know, at least 100 to 200 signs every week. And um, different counties. And um, yeah. So they create the routes. The routes are created on Google Maps. You could just go, you know, take a ride on Google Google Street View, I mean, and you could just kind of figure out all the routes and stuff like that, all the main intersections and put your sign, you know, they can, you know, develop the route, send it back to me. We, we check it out, make sure it's official, and then, you know, we get on the signs, they run the routes, give them a dollar sign so they can make up to, you know, um, we usually give them, I usually, if they go out every, I, I usually want to give them at least $150 no matter what. So they, a night, you know, for every Friday night. So some people just had that as a part-time job too. So they're just my son, dude. He go out, um, you know, whether it's one, one, one route, two routes, he going to get a minimum of 150. So, you know, it's worth his while. Cause it does take about two to three hours to do it. But, um, yeah, and that's it. And we, you know, this is no really no experience for that. You know, you just find somebody who you feel like they're going to be safe and they got their drive license, they got their insurance. Set them up as an independent contractor. And um, that's it. Make sure they got a reflector vest when they go out. Kind of show them what to do. To send them out late night. And that's pretty much it. So <clears throat> hopefully you guys get something out of this. And um, this was helpful. This was another uh, good podcast for you. I know it's been a while. Um, and I got some more great ones coming up. So stay tuned. Share the, share the podcast with your with people who you feel like would benefit from it. Um, we're, we're, we're running some specials on allenchain.com. So go ahead and check, check that out. And, um, also give us a call, give us a shout on Facebook and, um, we'll, we'll be, um, bringing some more episodes back to you soon. Peace.